Hey, church, how are we this morning? <laughs> that was terrible. What's up, church? How are we? Come on, let's get some fired up people this morning. Well, welcome. I'm Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors. Excited to have you guys here on a rainy day. Rainy, rainy. I told my wife today, I was like, if I was God, I would not have it rain today. But I'm not God, and it's raining. So take it up with him. At least you're uh, not at the Super Bowl where it's like zero minus something degrees up there, right? It's supposed to be very cold. So uh, any any big, big fans of either team here today? Any big, big fans? Nobody! Wow. So, uh, the yeah, one person back there, New England fan. All right. So let's take a real quick poll. Who's going to win? New England? Someone said Alabama. New England? Uh, uh, Eagles? Okay, they only had like six people vote on either one, so no one even cares. How many of you guys are going to watch the game today? How many are going to have the game on while you're doing something else? All right, how many of you guys are going to go out to eat while you watch the game? How many are going to just go home after this? How many of you are staying here? Okay, somebody's not doing anything, okay? I couldn't get people to raise their hands for anything. So hey, we're going to have fun this morning. Uh, real quick before we get started, I'm going to do something that's going to get me in big trouble, but I'm going to bring my daughter Ashley on stage real quick as it's her birthday. Come here, Ashley. Come here, I'll pull you up right here. This is my daughter Ashley. She turns 15 today, and I'm going to totally get big busted trouble for doing this. Can we just say happy birthday on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday. Thank you. I love you. All right, you can go this way. <laughs> I'm in so big trouble. All right, you, you'll know that as a pastor, you just don't do that. Okay, that's an absolute no-no. You don't do that. So, But I did, so we'll see what happens later if she gets on to me or not. So, we kick off a series today. A really, really, I'm sorry, we don't kick it off today. We're week three of a series that we kicked off three weeks ago called Running with the Giants. Taken from this concept, uh, from the verse, let me read you this verse, Hebrews 12.1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance, because that's what it takes, the race marked out for us. So, uh, this is how I, I liken this verse. So, I remember when I was young, my dad used to, uh, show up at my school and sneak me out on occasion, sometimes just to go to lunch. And he'd say, he, you know, he'd just like, come on, boy, let's load up. And I'd be like, where are we going? He's like, I oh, just load up, let's go. And we would just go. And, and, and somewhere in that, that time frame of being in his truck, ride, the ride or the lunch or wherever we were going, dad would just have these like, like there would be these teachable moments. And he would just impart to me Dad stuff, right? And I don't think I recognize the value of that then, but I do now. And what I what I think about is this passage. If we could pull all these Old Testament characters as Hebrews talks about, Hebrews goes through a litany of all these Old Testament greats, uh, men that failed, that did good, that did wrong, but they ended up walking with God by faith. I kind of look at it like my dad having a conversation with me passing on just wisdom. Godly wisdom, uh, experience that I didn't have as a young man. And if you look at 
pretty much any area of our life, there's somebody out there that could probably give you advice on it, right? Business, uh, if you're an investor type, if you're a you know labor guy, if you're you know if you're a, a mom, if you you know if you're whatever, whatever you are in your field, whatever stage of life, student, uh, whatever, somebody is out there with an expertise and wisdom, and and probably someone even who's out there with godly wisdom to pass on stuff to us that could really help us. And so what we're doing is we're taking this series using this passage is the backdrop and pulling some Old Testament characters as if they're in some stands, like some bleachers, like watching us run the race of life and wanting us and cheering for us to win and to be able to persevere and to be able to, to just go through life and experience all that they did, but probably hoping for more. So this morning we're gonna we're gonna invite out of the stands one of my favorites, one of the one of the big Mac daddies of the Old Testament. His name is Moses. Moses. Um, I think this is where the very first um, Mexican restaurant came from. They showed up one day. Moses Mo was having lunch, and they said, "Welcome to Mo's." <clears throat> I made that up on the fly. Okay, I just want you to know that I did not say that in the first service. Glad there's not a third, because I wouldn't use it again. So, all right, so here, let me just go ahead and jump right in to where this, where this goes with Moses today, because I feel like this is, this is where so many, so many of us are. Uh, a lot of us get, get tripped, we get stuck, uh, and, and we don't end up going where we should go, where we're challenged to go, because we get nervous, because we look at our past, we say, I've got junk. Or we say, I'm not, I don't have the abilities, or that's not my giftedness, or I'm just nervous because I don't know what, what the future holds. But what we learn from Moses' life is this, and I'm going I'm to throw this up on the screen for you, but we have to do this. We have to abandon safe and live by faith. And that, that really is, if you look at the life of Moses, and we're going to look at some stuff about Moses today in Exodus, if you read Exodus and you look at Moses' life, he's got some highs, he's got lows, He's got, he's got mad insecurities. You'll see that. You'll see that he's, he, did, he does some dumb stuff. You see that he has regrets and stuff that it, that's in his past that haunts him. But what, what I want you to see in the course of this conversation today, and I really believe you're, none of you are here by accident today. One, it's rainy out. The wind was blowing. and I mean, last service we could hear the rain on the, on the top of this metal roof. I really believe there's not a person in here by accident. And I think for you today is this concept. Abandon safe and live by faith. Can we just say that real quick? Say that with me. Abandon safe, live by faith. Abandon safe and live by faith. That's, 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 what, that's what happened to Moses. He had to do it. Had he not, he would have missed walking and we would not be reading about what he did with the Lord. And so here's the thing. The question for you as we start, the question for me as we start today, what is it in your life that God could be saying, go do, step up for, say no to, bow up, get mad about, get fired up about, take some step of faith towards what is it that God might be nudging you to do that you've not done, that you've been scared of. Maybe you said, I don't have what it takes. Moses I mean, he had the opportunity to play it safe. He really did. Uh, he grew up in the lap of luxury. I mean, he, he, uh, his mom and his dad recognized as a, at a young age 
There's all this turmoil in their culture. Some bad stuff's coming down the pipe. We gotta, we gotta set Moses free down this little, this river. We gotta give our son up. And someone's, someone else is gonna have him and raise him so they give up their son, float him down a creek. The, the, uh, the, the Egyptians pick him up and he is literally raised in Pharaoh's house, essentially the king. He's raised in the king's household as a Hebrew boy in an Egyptian culture. They know he's Hebrew, but pretty much everybody misses and forgets that he's of Hebrew descendants as Egypt is holding the Hebrews in slavery. So Moses grows up in the lap of luxury. Uh, obviously, he's probably spoiled. Uh, and now we fast forward, and he's about 80 years old. And up to this point, you don't read a whole lot about like God movement or him doing things that God led him to do. You see him shirking back in some places in his life. But all of a sudden, there comes a defining moment in his life where God really wants to communicate to Moses and really is calling, calling Moses to, to walk with him by faith, to experience uh, God like he's never experienced God before. So in Exodus chapter 3, we're going to pick it up right here. Je Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to, came to Horeb. Now, if you love Bible study and you like some facts and information, you've heard of the Mount of Sinai. This is the same mountaintop that you read in so many other places in Scripture with so many other significant experiences that happen here. So he came to the Mount Horeb, or Sinai, uh, the Mount of God, and there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames and fire from within a bush. Now this is when the story gets a little bit weird. This is not stuff that we see in our you know, American culture today. Um, a burning bush, yes, we see that. Uh, Moses had seen burning bushes as well, but something was different about this burning bush. So it says, Moses saw the bush was on fire and it didn't burn up. So that's weird. Moses is going like, what? The bush is not burning up. So Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Now, in that culture, that was something that could happen. Even even something could just start lighting itself up on fire out of nowhere because the heat and the dryness, uh, that could happen. But the fact that the bush was not burning up is what really grabbed his attention. So, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to, the, to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses was what God said. Now when I hear that, I hear that in like the James Earl Jones voice. Like the real deep, like Moses, Moses. So God's calling out to Moses. And I think this is pertinent, right? Because here you have a guy, some random guy, that God says, hey, I've got a plan for your life, and now I want to start communicating that I've got a purpose for you. And what does God always do with all of us is He's always coming towards us wanting our what? Our attention. And so we hear God wants Moses' attention. Moses, hey, listen up. Jump in. Join in. I've got something for you. 
And let me just say, if you're here this morning, again, it is no accident that you're here today. I promise you today, there are some of you that are, that maybe came in and you might be of the persuasion and circumstances in your life where you're saying, I'm giving God and the church one last chance. This is it. I've tried it, or I'm so messed up. Someone drugged me here, and I'm like, give this God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here today. Some of you, you've walked with God for years, and there's been some bumps and some bruises along your way, and you're ready to throw in the towel. Some of you, man, you're, you're walking with God, and you're as high as a kite, like, man, this journey's been crazy, but maybe you're scared, and it's been a long while since you've gotten out of your comfy place. Could it be that day God has this message and exactly what's happened to Moses? What he wants to do in your life. So God says to Moses, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. You got my attention. The bush is not burning up. And I just heard my name from a bush. Weird. Do not come any closer. And I'm thinking, that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> right? God said, take off your sandals. For the place where you're standing is holy ground. Yeah, it is obviously that. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Israel, is Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I love this. And I am concerned about their suffering. Please, 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 please. Do not believe the lie that God doesn't care when you're hurt. Do not listen to or believe the lie that you don't matter when you're in the midst of some pain. You see it in the second book of the Bible. We see it in the very first sentence of the Bible, right? You start reading the, 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 the early parts of the Bible, you read the end of the Bible, you read all through the Bible, and what you see is God loves His people. God is pausing in the midst of running the universe because He's got a plan for Moses. And now He's devising a way to grab Moses' attention and say to Moses something clear, concise, but an invitation to say, join me, I've got something for you. And that's what God does for all of us as well. So he says, now go. So now go. I am sending you, and here's, here's the game plan. I'm sending you to Pharaoh, your once sugar daddy. Now, here's, here's something I might have failed to leave out. Moses had done something up to this point. He had, he had, he had seen a travesty that he'd never really, it really never grabbed his attention before. He'd seen his people be slaves for all these years that he's grown up underneath Pharaoh's household. But in this one instance, God pricks his heart for some reason and he can't stand it any longer that he sees his people being beat. So a Hebrew's being beat by a slave driver and he goes and gets in a fight and kills the slave driver and he has to run away from home and he's living out in the desert. So he's out in the desert. God's now talking to him in this bush and now he's saying, hey, you, I want you to go back and talk to your sugar daddy, daddy. And I want you to bring and rescue my people, your people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. That's, that's crazy. One guy, you're going to send me in all alone? Moses has got to be thinking, this, this rots. <laughs> Could you not have gotten someone else? And that's what you read in, in the pages of Scripture. Moses... All of a sudden looks at himself and he says, I'm not your guy. I don't have what it takes. I'm, I'm not of good speech, he says. I, I'm, I don't have what it takes. God, could you not 
have sinned a group or could you help me out with some other people? But God says, I want you to go. And here's the thing. Moses finds himself staring at, and what I remember when I was a kid hearing pastors say, a call on your life. Moses is staring at a call on his life. In other words, purpose. God's got a clear purpose for Moses. And God's purpose is for him to rescue God's people. This is huge. It's huge. And just the very same way that this was a message for Moses, it's a message for us. It's the same message God has had for humankind since the beginning. If you're, if you're breathing today, then God still has a plan for your life. When your breath and your life is done, then your purpose is up. But if you're on this planet, I don't care if you're, if you're 10 years old in this room today, if you're, if you're in middle school, high school, if you're a college age student, if you're single, if you're married, if you're old, if you're young, if you're ugly, if you're cute, I don't know who you are. But I promise you, if you're breathing, God has a plan. And He wants you to step into what the story is He wants to write for you. So here's Moses. He's flexed. He's got this God-sized, God asked me to do this. What am I going to do? So here's our options. Um, we either go, play it safe, or we step out by faith. Remember the beginning? We said, abandon safe. Abandon safe and live by faith. Why, why do we say that? Because you remember, remember that guy Peter in the New Testament? The, the guy that you read the story about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where Peter's in the boat with all the other followers, 12 early followers of Christ, which, which were called the disciples. Here's Peter. He's in the boat with all these other supposedly new followers, but guys are like literally seeing Jesus on the scene. He's done some miracles. He's done some cool stuff. And now their faith is starting to be ex, like exercised. They're, they're starting to flex their faith muscles by following Jesus. Well, here comes a moment where Jesus comes walking on the water and Peter wants to be near Jesus because, man, it's the wind's blowing and it's, this boat's rocking. It's probably going to flip over, but everybody's huddled up. Peter says, I want to walk. I want to be near Jesus. He gets out of the boat. He takes this massive, crazy step, step away from comfort, a step away from safety, and what happens? He gets out of the water, he sinks, but he, he gets rescued by Jesus. Jesus lifts him up, stands on the water with Jesus. See, here's the thing. All of our steps of faith are always away from safe and comfy and comfortable, and it's always going to be a task that feels scary and feels hard and feels bigger than us. That's what faith is. Faith is always going to be going towards something you don't know the outcome. If you know the outcome, you know the answer. If you, if you know the direction, you, you know the path. But God is always going to lead us, lead us to places where we need Him. See, this is always a process of learning that I don't have what it takes so that I recognize my deficiencies for the point of dependency. Dependent on Him. So Peter steps out. He learns, I don't have what it takes to walk on water. But he does. So let me get close to Him. So here's, this is where, this is where Moses is at. He's tasked with something that's bigger than him. He's scared of it. He doesn't know what to do. So here's our options. If you got your notes this morning, jot these down. I think this will be helpful for all of us today. Safe will keep you, here's the first, trapped in the past. When you play it safe, 
and you say no, God, God's leading you to do something and He's pricked your heart and you think God's leading you to do it, you're like, I think I should do it, but I'm just scared. When you don't go, you, you, you stay trapped in the past. You get stuck. And it doesn't mean God will quit coming after you. God came after Moses earlier in his life. Moses shrunk back. God will continue, right? I believe God will still pursue us, but, but don't miss the moments. Don't miss the moments where God wants to challenge your heart, grow your faith, and show you how big and amazing He is. You can't ever, listen to this, you can't experience God fully by staying where you're at. You can't experience God in all His beauty and all His magnificence and all God's splendor and all God's power if you stay where you're at, you cannot know God. Moses has to make a decision here. You keep it safe. You live in fear. And here's the thing. One of the, probably the biggest tactic of our enemy is this. The enemy loves to repeat and play like a broken record all the events of your past. All the junk all the stuff you've ever done that's stupid, all the mistakes, all your past fears, all your past mistakes, all your insecurities, all those things that you think that you believe of yourself, that the enemies dropped in as little subtle lies, he replays that over and over and over when God presents to you your call or presents to you a purpose or presents to you something that pricks your heart and you say, i got to go solve that. I've got to step up towards that. I've got to, I've got to change jobs. I, I, I want to go after whatever it is, improve my marriage. I can't be satisfied. Whatever it is, if you stay, you can get trapped in the past. Notice what Isaiah says in Isaiah 43, 18. And I love this in the message version. Notice this. Forget about what's happened. Forget about it. Don't keep going over old history. Don't, 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 don't allow the enemy to keep replaying that junk. Be alert. Be present. And I love this. I'm about to do something what? Say that with me. I'm about to do something brand new. You hear the passion here? I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. God doesn't want you to stay where you've been. He wants you to go somewhere new and fresh with Him. That's what it feels like when you're following God. Now, is it scary? Yeah. Is, is the road uncharted? Yeah. And what happens when you're on, when you're on the road following God that's uncharted is you recognize, I need Him. And when you need Him, then you get to lean on Him and you get to experience what Scripture says, His power is made perfect in our what? Weakness. Yeah. It's only when we're in a weak, vulnerable place do we experience and see God for all His glory. So we've got to move. We've got to, when God says go, we go. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road in the desert, rivers in the badlands. You don't have to be chained to the past. Moses was full of fear, full of insecurity. All right? Safe will keep you trapped in the past. Safe will keep you satisfied with today. Safe will keep you satisfied with today. Could it be that God right now is saying and leading you, men or women, students, say, you know what? I, I, I don't want to be comfortable with where I'm at. Um, I, my, the relationships I'm in in school right now, they're not great. I need to step up. I need to, need to, to lead 
my group, my posse a better direction? Or I need to say, you know what, I, I'm going to say no to that. I'm not going there. Maybe it's, maybe it's where your marriage is at right now. Maybe you're just so comfortable and it's just kind of like, eh, it's there. <laughs> we don't date. We don't really talk a whole lot like we used to. We don't kiss. We don't touch. We don't, you know what I'm, you guys, some of you guys are not married, you're going, what? But what, what, what could it be that God's leading you to do right now? Don't be satisfied with day. Notice this. Exodus 2.11 says, One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard later. And this is what he saw. We talked about this. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own. And I'm sure this wasn't the first time. He'd seen this for years and years and years, but God pricked his heart. And in that moment, he said, Enough. Enough. This can't be. And so he went and he, he killed that guy. He killed that guy. And he had to run out and live in the wilderness for years and years and years. But he wasn't satisfied with what the status quo was. Uh, last week, we had the guys on stage. What an amazing anniversary service we had last week. The very first testimony that we had shared last week with Stephen Armstrong. Stephen shared basically that for the first several years of him being a part of this church, he helped uh, in the very early days of the church. He said, I just consumed it all. I just sat there and I felt like, you know what? I want to. I want to be involved. I want to serve. I have a gift. I have this musical gift. I would love to do something, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. And finally, one day, a holy discontent, as Bill Hybels, a uh, great pastor, wrote one of his books. Sometimes God will just stir up a holy discontent, discontentment, something that you say, you know what? Something's going on around me. I've got to act on it. And what happened in Stephen was he recognized, I don't want to be a consumer any longer. I want to play a role and. From that day till this day, now Stephen leads worship for us. That's who led worship for us this morning. He wasn't leading worship prior to that, and now he's leading worship. And that's not necessarily where God leads you. I hope not, because I've heard some of you sing. It's just a joke. But wherever God leads you is exactly where you should be. And the journey that you go on to get there walking with God is like something you'll never experience. Some of you would say, you know what? My whole experience with God's kind of been like, eh, is he really, is he really there? Yeah. But it won't be until you start stepping out of your comfort when God puts your heart to do whatever it is he's leading you to do or go or be or say. You won't know how big God is until you get out there to that scary spot. Third thing is this, safe will keep you, number three, afraid of tomorrow. They will keep you afraid of tomorrow. If, if you allow those moments to build up and you keep saying no, it'll make you afraid of tomorrow. Exodus 4.13 says, But Moses said, Oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. Backstory again. He felt like, I'm not a good communicator. I can't go say that. He was the guy that helped raise me. What happens if the guys are there who were around when I killed that guy? What if they're there? What if, what if, what if they're around and God, you're, you're not with me? See, if God, God leads you to do something, you'll never experience God more than when you step out with Him. God wants to leverage everything about you, your past and your present, to show you His power is made perfect in your weakness. Something that God has for you is bigger than your capacity. And when you step out of your realm of ability, 
that's when and only when you get to see God's strength, His power. So, if we pull Moses out this morning, God, Moses, we've, we've learned some of your, your, your struggles, your mistakes. We, we, we grasp what it's like to play it safe. What would you say to us as some final words of encouragement? Well, here's what I think Moses would say to us. First is this in your notes. To live by faith, we've got to recognize that God is already at work in you. Hey, we've got to know that. If you're going to live by faith, you've got to already know. You've got to know. And I think it's a lie of the enemy that would say, God's not at work in you. You've just dreamt all this up. You want to go do that good thing? Let me just tell you about wanting to do good things. I don't really think most of us naturally have the inclination to go do good stuff. You know why? Popular to contrary cultural belief. There's, 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 there's some ugliness inside of us. I mean, Scripture says we were born with a sin nature. Script, there's, there's an incredible verse that says, whatsoever lovely, whatsoever is beautiful, whatsoever is noble, whatsoever, and it goes on and on and on about all these incredible things. It says, think on these things. I think I've got to help. I gotta have help thinking on those things. I think it's the God in us that leads us to go do the good that we know innately we should do, but it's God pricking our hearts. See, when you're led to go do something that's noble, that's just, that's worthy, that's audacious, chances are it's God leading you to go do it. And God wants you to step out into that uncomfortable, scary spot to say, I'll do it. And when you do that is when you're going to experience God. To live by faith, you've got to recognize that God has already worked at work in you. Again, it's raining today. The weather looks, you know, not good outside. Church attendance dropped by, you know, 30%. But you're here. You're here. What is God saying to you today? What could it be that God has you here today? He might already have been saying to you, or He might start saying to you, that He wants to put as a call or a purpose or a clarity or a direction or something for you to step up for Him to do. Something will be accomplished if you will grow. Final words of encouragement here again. Second is to live by faith. We've got to refuse to be defined by anything but God. You know, Walt Disney, you ever heard of that guy? You ever heard of a place called Disney World? You know Walt Disney was a failure first? You know, he was, he was bankrupt. You know what it must have been like to go up to future lenders and say, hey, believe in me? Hey, who's going to invest in Disney World? Who's in? Right? After he's failed, he's failed, he's failed, he went bankrupt, he got fired from a job. If he had listened to all of those who probably disbelieved in him, do you think we'd have Disney World today? Probably not. But here's the thing. We've got to refuse to be defined by anything or anyone else other than God. Hebrews 11 says this, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, what's this? Refused to be known. We were, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with God's people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. It says, by faith he left Egypt 
not fearing the king's anger, but he persevered and saw him who is invisible. Isn't that incredible? He persevered and saw him who was invisible. Right now, some of you, it's like God's completely invisible. Could it be because you're staying in your safe place? And God's nudging, he's nudging, he's nudging, and he's calling you to take that step of whatever. It could be a yes, it could be a no, it could be man up, say, move, change, act, go, whatever it is. Maybe that's what he's saying to you today. Lastly, to live by faith impacts others around you. You know, you know, one of the coolest stories of the Bible is when, when Moses went and acted on God's request. He's like, get my people out of Egypt. They go through this series of events where he has all kind of like hurdles and all kind of setbacks and all kind of difficulties, but he perseveres. He continues to walk with God and God strengthens him and, and he has weak moments and God strengthens him again. And he has his weak moments and God gives him more strength and he, has, he works through all this stuff. But finally, you have that moment where they're like, they're running for their lives. They're like all in a big group trying to get out of Egypt. And they're running through the desert. And now he's thinking, we're going to escape. But then he, then he looks back and, and Pharaoh and all the guards and all the men and everybody's chasing them with all of the armory that they've got. And he's thinking, well, well, <laughs> here's the loser. <laughs> and I'm sure the enemy's lying to him. I got everybody out. I did what God said, but now look who's behind us. We've got, we're dragging, you know, we're dragging everybody trying to get out of here. We're not going to make it. They get up to the, the Red Sea. And that's the only way they can go. They can't go over the mountain over here. They can't go over the mountain over here. They, get, they, they can't swim everybody. So they're going to have to turn around and face the enemy and fight all the warriors with the grannies and the nannies and everybody else. All of a sudden, I mean, Moses is like, what, what are we going to do, God? I did what you said. And God said, don't forget, I'm with you. I led you to do this. And God opens up the sea. And they, they, they walk on dry ground with walls of ocean and sharks looking at them. All right, ready to eat them. Right? They walk. I mean, this is the craziest story that's absolutely factual. We read it and I think this is just some crazy myth, but this is God acting when someone says yes. They cross through the Dead Sea, Red Sea, and as soon as all their adversaries chase them and are in the ocean, God collapses the walls in the sea and kills everybody and they go, hurrah, hurrah, God is with us. God has been with us. So here's the thing. You're no different than Moses when it comes to God has a call for your life. You're no different. We're no different. If you're breathing today, God has a plan and a step and a mission for you. Should you accept it? Tell me, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be without some craziness. It's not going to be, it's not going to feel safe. It, it won't be safe. But I can tell you this much. Playing it safe is the opposite of walking with God by faith. Playing it safe will absolutely mean 
you will not experience what it's like to walk and see God's favor, see God's power, and see His strength. Because it's only when you step out as God leads you to step that you're going to see God's strength and His provision. Why? Because you're stepping out and you need it. It's, it's, it's your faith that enacts God's faithfulness. Scripture says, what pleases me? Faith. It's all through Scripture. Faith pleases God. So what is it today that God is leading you to do that you're nervous to go do? What is it today that God's saying, go, man up, woman up, stand up, bow up, and get after it in my name? What is it? I'm telling you, you're here today for God to lead you to do it. He'll be with you to do it. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name that you loved us first, that you know every head on, every, every hair in our head, that you love us so tremendously much that you also chose to write the story of, of what happens in this world and for kingdom purpose by using us to be a part of it. God, you want to use us because it grows us, because it gives us joy, because it gives you pleasure and it brings you glory when your people step up in your name to do what you've led us to do. So God, I pray for the man, the woman, the girl, the boy here today that says, I can't, you don't know what I've done, or I don't have the gift in this. God, would you right now find the enemy's lies and fill us with truth from you? what you believe in us, what you think of us. And God, help us today to have strength and courage. Not ours, but yours. Let us lean into your strength. Let us experience you like never before. Show off. Do what you want to do through us. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Our host team is going to come up. We're going to close with an offering. I invite you to stand with us in this last song. Let's celebrate. Let's cheer. Let's sing. Let's get fired up. God loves us. He's with us. He wants to do something through us. God, use our stuff for somebody else's forever. In your name I pray. Amen. You will